2: Hi, I'm Matt Lieb. And I'm Vince Mancini, but you can call me Vince Mancini. Yourself. Dude, let me do the joke. Oh my God. Hi, I'm Matt Lieb. And I'm Vince Mancini, but you can call me Vince Mancini. And this
1: is Pod, Pod Yourself, Yourself the Wire. Wire. A The Wire podcast where Vince Mancini and I go through every single episode of The Wire and, and talk, talk about, about it. it. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Just a bit of a warning to all those listeners up top so you know I got COVID-19. <laughs> and i feel like shit what's up i have covid so
2: vince you're gonna have to carry this episode you're gonna yep, di- i'm ready you, my back did you is watch strong. it uh yeah twice Boom, then already. And that was this week. I've already seen it at least a couple times before All this, right, so. then
1: we're fucking killing yeah, it. Man. We're crushing it, dude. I'm not, dude,
2: look, I'm doing, I'm so responsible. If anybody wants to hire me to do stuff, yes. For them, I'm right here. I'm ready. Yes. I'm willing. He's uh, such a good worker. He's a hard worker. He's a strong worker. Gonna, he's, people he's, say that I'm a self-starter. He's um, a self-starter,
1: but also he will wait for you to say start. Whatever you right. want.
2: If you say start, I'll say "Anytime, How high? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. That's what he says. You say start, you say how high? And then you say, what? And he goes, <laughs> well, what did you say? <laughs> and then he said, I thought you were okay, Spider.
2: And it'll go on and on, but you'll like it. Yeah, So it'll be one of those bits that just, you think it's not going to be funny anymore, and then yes. we keep doing it, and yes. you're like, man, this is terrible. But then eventually mm-hmm. it comes back to being funny again. Like yes, Baba yes. Booey.
1: Exactly. Baba Bowie always funny, sometimes not funny, and then funny again. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And also, uh, I hope everyone's enjoying the brand new Pod Yourself logo that is out there. Uh, Thank you, Dave Tell, once again for making that for us. Uh, My wife, my wife, saw it uh, and said, Matt, this looks really good. And I was like, Mm. Really? And she was like, Yes, it looks competitive. And I was like, that is the nicest thing someone's ever said. Like it, she, she looked at it and said, this looks like a real podcast. And I've never thought of myself as someone who could be on a real podcast before, you know, like anyways,
2: I, the day. It's, cool a, it's a, a dream for all of us.
1: Yeah, it was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine um anyways thank you for that uh and today we're going to be talking about uh from season four of the wire episode three homerooms and our guest today is a content creator you know him as the host of audio face and the host of power report he is a second time returning champion of bodies of the wire welcome back dan from the internet
3: hello humans great to be with you both again Oh, so good to have you back. How have you been i've been pretty good um you know, just going through the doldrums of life that the wire kind of touches on uh here and there it's a It's a show about life a show about Absolutely. Uh, people and systems and mm-hmm. yes. ice cream and mm-hmm. scissors and fans that you find on stores. the street. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah.
2: Razor blades that you razor keep. Razor blades. In, in your um people bronze, being best Random bags friends. of
3: drugs falling from the sky like it's uh-huh. raining. You know. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Climate change.
1: Uh, yeah. Big girls mm-hmm. with the big big girl titties. That's not me saying <laughs> it. That's what they said the last episode. I want to point out that yeah, I don't yeah, care yeah, about yeah, the yeah, size yeah. of a middle school. <laughs> so dan <laughs> keep digging no no keep
3: digging keep no digging. i'm on day <laughs>
1: nothing i say matters
4: <laughs> i can't be canceled i'm sick
3: um so dan you like
1: the wire right
3: oh yeah uh my last time i was on i forget whether it was season one seven or eight yeah. but i remember describing it as like the wiriest wire episode to ever mm. wire
1: oh yeah and yes
3: Maybe you can say that about all Wire episodes. You probably can't because I just said you can't. So I make the rules. Um, You do. Suck at David Simon. And we are going to. With this episode, I felt like you get a lot of what made The Wire really memorable because season one, you're like setting the track for a show. Season four, you're just like, okay, it's established. HBO could cancel us at any moment. Let's just hit as many home runs as we can.
2: Yeah. Yeah, we're going to do lots of team ups and yeah. uh we're gonna hit those themes I mean, it, yeah, it's never shy it. about hitting the themes. That's the one thing about this show. It loves
1: not its subtle. themes no no. no no it it's uh it's like you know what's good is uh motifs, and it's mm-hmm. like I'm down for motifs i
2: I learned about those in high school. Dan so, is that a gamer chair i can't I don't know if I asked you this last time,
3: but it is I'm extremely yes. not a gamer, and it's like oh. i mean actually no i I don't play like the fun games. Like I, you play city Skyline's 2, City Skylines Two is coming out, oh, and okay. that is my favorite thing in the world. Is that right like now, a roller coaster but, tycoon type game? Yeah, city it's Sky? a lot. Yeah, it's like uh, Sim City almost, right. where instead of yeah. like simulating a character, you're like building a city and. um building the public transport that LA doesn't have and fun stuff like that.
2: I hope you've learned a lot from uh, the Baltimore as depicted in The Wire when you're going off to build your city because, you know, I feel like there's a lot of lessons in here.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's a really nice, uh, well-laid-out city. It's a decent grid system. You, um, Basically, I'm just going to... Hike the police budgets like up to 300% yes. more police. Yeah, I think that's what yeah. you're supposed to do. Yeah, yes. yeah. You just Make... press
2: the press the police button and crime goes away. Everybody knows that. Yeah. I love making a Sim City a cop city. <laughs> <laughs> it's just
1: let's just see what happens. Let's see what the simulation does with this. Oh, the oh, cops no. are arresting each other.
3: Yeah, everyone's in jail. bunk yeah. starts drunk driving in the Sim. Mm-hmm. Well, eventually <laughs> you just
2: pres, you get some people presboing each other. They're starting. Oh, it's nothing but they pres- shoot those. enough cops shoot each other other then you have enough teachers like boom, boom. Pro- yeah exactly oh interesting i never thought
1: about it the that other. way oh, yeah yeah
3: that's politics no. baby
1: yeah i i love games like that the games where you're just like you know building a city you know i like it i like this stuff um where it's like you know a mini game in something like gta 5 is like basically you just walk into an arcade and you start playing an arcade game you're like oh that's cool i i always wanted to play centipede while i was you know stealing cars and shit but a mini game in like a sim city type game is like oh i've always wanted to be a cpa let's hmm. let's do this <laughs> let's figure out what the tax rate is <laughs> like i've always oh. wanted to build a bridge yeah. that connects to the <laughs> yeah i've always wanted to link commerce and clientele like good good mm. now that's a
2: lot of fun but yeah, the, yeah. On, this on is my side. voice when you guys talk about gaming. Mm. Mm.
3: To, oh. to, to, to Vince's mm-hmm. original question about the gaming chair, there's a huge debate over like whether these are ugly, whether this is the ideal chair. This is, you may not like it, but this is peak performance, whether they're comfy, whether they're not. Right. And I, I'm all about the lumbar, so that's what this gives me. You Otherwise, give I don't really lumbar. love the aesthetics, and I try to like hide the logo with my head as much as I can. So yeah, it, pros I, and cons with these.
2: Yeah, you swing he, the heavy lumbar. And that's mm-hmm. why you're here today. I like uh, it because it looks like a race car seat. Yeah.
1: That's what yeah, I'm so like inspired them. by. Is that what, because this is what it looks like to me. It's just like,
3: oh, I want to I be on a race car seat while I'm playing God of War. Like, yeah, you, I lo- you I graduate from the race car bed to the race car seat. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then at some point you're supposed to get married, but no one's explained that to me.
1: No, no don't worry <laughs> yeah. about that last part. Just
2: do everything. But yeah, they have a, they actually have a race car altar for that. It's, yes, it's exactly. like a rally car. Yeah.
3: Yeah, You can marry. Even Las Vegas.
1: Yes. You marry your, your homies instead of just. Your wife who's just mad whenever you play a video game. Am I right, fellas out there? (laughs) Yeah. Let's get some hearts in the comments going for wives. (laughs) Um, uh, but this isn't a show about uh grown men sleeping in race car beds. No, this is a show about the wire. And we of course cannot start the podcast without first playing the theme song. When you Pod.
4: Pod podcast if you
0: podcast
4: Jesus Save your soul
1: school children Season four All right, ladies and gentlemen and everyone else today. Once again, we're talking about from season four of The Wire, episode three, Homerooms, which premiered September 24th, 2006. Vince,
2: tell us a little piece of that synopsis. We got trouble on the corner as Marlo is staking claim to new territory. That's right. Meanwhile, Tommy is trying to make hay with the revelation that another witness has been killed and the corner boys, they're all up to their tricks. It's the first day of school and Presbo is getting a tough lesson in, uh, teaching school kids. Mm -hmm. All right, there we go. Very good. Nailed it.
1: Uh, Like a little bit of a stroke at the end there, but you basically (laughs) got it. Um, yeah, that is what the episode is about. And, um, but, Vince, what was happening, though, at the time that this episode came at the
2: out? T- yeah, I know what you're trying to say, Matt. You're trying Damn. to say that we cannot evaluate art divorced mm. from its cultural context. We got to put some of that context back in, and we do that with a little something that we like to call the back in the day machine. It's a bad
0: time for newspapers. The news hole is shrinking as advertising dollars continue to decline.
4: There ain't no back in the day the machine tells the tales, huh?
2: Oh uh, my news, news hole. Oh, yeah, my news hole, ow. <laughs> uh, we're going all the way back to September 24th, 2006. Good times. Some big news was happening, uh, namely that our own spy agencies, according to a leaked report published in the New York Times, mm. they have found that the American invasion and occupation in Iraq has helped spawn a new generation of Islamic radicalism and that the overall terrorist threat has only grown since the September 11th attacks. Oh,
1: jeez.
2: Oh, dang it.
1: What? Why didn't anyone say anything? (laughs) I told you guys that if I invaded, you think there'll be any problems and you all said no, that everyone would greet us as liberators.
2: What the fuck? You said there was only one vase And that they just kept stealing it over and over again yeah. Remember when Rumsfeld did that? That was a good bit That was great You
3: said that Oh, When I killed their families They'd say thank you For killing my family <laughs> We need the comedians back in office really this is, That's, that's right. what, the, what the I was saying That's what they're saying.
2: The intelligent estimate completed in April is the first formal appraisal of global terrorism by the United States intelligence agency since the Iraq war began. Mm. Titled Trends in Global Terrorism, Implications for the United States, it asserts that Islamic radicalism, rather than being in retreat, has metastasized and spread across the globe. Oh, shit. Well, Dang it. Dang it.
1: Yeah, well, that'll work out fine. I'm pretty sure that... uh, What happened after this was they all said, oh, no, never mind. Let's do let's do what they say. uh, Democracy and stuff.
2: There is some good news. Oh, Um, I love good news. Yeah. High hope of a dead Osama, Saudi Intel says. (laughs) Or sorry, sorry, Saudi Intel says typhoid killed al-qaeda beast but u.s doubts it this is in the new york post i love the that headline.
1: the yeah. saudis I, I don't even remember this the saudis at one
2: point they're like stop looking for him. he's dead it was <laughs> he's like no quit looking under our pillows yeah. he's yeah. not here you, you keep tearing the house apart but turns out he's he's gone he's been gone this whole time
1: homie you gotta got to go to pakistan right now get the fuck <laughs> out of
2: here get out of my house uh, the report delivered to the highest officials in France, including President Jacques Chirac, said Saudi officials, citing a usually reliable source, believed that the Al-Qaeda kingpin died August 23rd from the waterborne illness in an isolated part of Pakistan. Uh, well, yeah. sounds right. And uh, by the way, Jacques case. Chirac
1: was the coolest rap name yeah. for a French president. I ever. think all French presidents should have names that rhyme. That's true. Jacques Chirac. I mean, goddamn, <laughs> Yo, what up? Je m'appelle Jacques Chirac. <laughs> but,
2: play, play. How you And I'm here to say in French? We're yeah, Google <laughs> I, I think like you say how you prank. say. <laughs> uh, um, finally, uh, we got to have we got to finish things off with a fun mm-hmm. story. I always go to the New York Post for those. Mm. Uh, I'm just going to read you the headline and uh, I'm going to try and see if you guys can guess who this is about okay very excited. Headline, fun game. loco latino says pal stripped at jFK okay that is about Ricky martin mm okay interesting guess loco i mean live and live i guess it's it, it's not she, in parentheses there's the, it's just loco latino no no sarcastic quotes okay say it, what did he do what, say the the second part loco latino says pal stripped at jFk mm pal stripped mm-hmm JFK is an airport. I know what that York. is. Okay. Just I've been in sure. New York before. It's 2006.
3: Okay. So like, I don't know, George Lopez. Yeah. <laughs> could be. Right.
1: Oh, Carlos Mencia. He was okay, big. So we
3: got, we got two
2: guesses, three guesses if you count Carlos Mencia. Uh, the, the answer Damn. actually is fire and brimstone spewing Venezuelan President Hugo Chavez charged Fuck. yesterday that his foreign minister was detained for more than an hour by officials at JFK airport and even strip searched before finally being permitted to fly home.
1: Yeah, that's 100% real and definitely happened, for sure. <laughs> they literally uh, gave him cancer. I'm just kidding. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but the well, CIA gave Well, he wasn't detained. Hugo. It was his pal. And I know, but, but they definitely strip-searched him.
2: Chavez said U.S. officials cited Nicolas Maduro's alleged links to a failed 1992 coup in Venezuela as a reason to hold him. Uh, this is a provocation, Chavez said yesterday. By who? The- by
3: Mr. Devil at <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was Bush's name
3: That was Bush's name whenever he would like order Coke. <laughs> call me Mr. Devil. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Can I get a Dr. Pe- Pepper for uh, Mr. Devil? <laughs> yeah, can you imagine him uh, and the ranch in Texas going? Hey, call me who? Monsieur Diablo.
2: <laughs> At the United Nations last week, Chavez called President Bush a devil. That was such a good clip. He said, it really "Smells good. like sulfur in here because the mm-hmm. devil." And it was like right after he kind of oh, so he kind of treated uh, W like Dookie a little bit he did that's why i'm saying they fucking gave his ass cancer you think they can't they can Mm -hmm. (laughs) they were violating diplomatic conventions chavez told the venezuelan tv station adding he was told that a code on his ticket identified him as almost a terrorist
3: Oh. A spokeswoman, <laughs> almost. <laughs> Just like, no, no, sorry, that's that's business class. Actually, <laughs> you <Yeah. laughs> shouldn't have flown yep. economy. God damn it! <laughs> a
2: spokeswoman for the Transportation Security Administration said Maduro was never strip searched.
3: Oh, he was, was never Maduro is the person they were talking about? Got yeah. strip searched? Yeah, 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 That's right. He's almost. Remember, wow. wow. kids. This will be important later. Yeah, <laughs> yes, right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Keep that name in, that. in mind.
2: Uh huh. He was never touched, never held and never detained said Ellen. Howe of the TSA, a law enforcement source said Maduro said, said, I don't know. That's a typo, but they didn't fix it. A law enforcement source said Maduro was acting like an irate customer. Uh, Despite you mean the TSA. while they were
1: shoving their fucking hand up his ass <laughs> yeah, to he was see very, if he had smuggled any communism? He was very unfair
2: to me while I was putting my fingers in his asshole.
1: Yeah, he was yelling, he was calling me puta, he was calling <laughs> me Mary Cone, <laughs> he, he was at telling me to chupa his huevos. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Despite the TSA denial, a State Department spokesman said the United States government apologized to Foreign Minister Maduro and the Venezuelan government. Cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, we apologized to him for not doing anything. So yeah, we didn't sounds... do anything. But sorry yeah. if yeah. We, sorry if you we were did. offended by us not yeah. doing anything wrong. Yeah, I'm sorry you're
1: such a bitch, <laughs> America. Um, wow, that's uh, that's an incredible story.
3: And I feel uh, like you
2: are. Do you feel contextualized now? I now know what's going on. C- can I add
3: a, a little bit more context? Please, oh, please. I, I need please I need do. to contextualize myself because I was um an age. That was mm. very young that I will not reveal uh, in mm. 2006. So I, I, I do a music podcast, so I have to see things through music. Number one song in 2006, Bad Day. Number three, Promiscuous by mm. Nelly Furtado and Timberland. Yeah, that's right. Um, and of course, Crazy by Gnarls Barkley. So, of course. Um, solid year for pop music. Solid. Oh, year. yeah. Solid yeah.
2: year for just fun names like Narles Barkley and Nelly Furtado. Furtado. And Furtado. I guess maybe that's her real name, but... Well, Daniel
3: uh, Powder was bad day. Who I could not like. A um, uh, hostage situation. I could have never told you who actually wrote that song. I could sing it, but I can't tell you who wrote it. I, I think he I he actually knew wrote it. that
2: about the uh, spy agencies that found out that the Iraq invasion was a uh, bad idea. <laughs> That's right. You yeah. did. It's uh, you know, there's a
1: lot of songs that were
2: just you know about
1: <laughs> the Iraq war at the time. You know, American idiot, promiscuous mm-hmm. by Nelly Furtado, <laughs> yeah definitely so that's what was going on at the time now i understand speaking of music um this week's balmer b story uh is based on the cold open of this episode and um and i i have a a little bit of it for you you can hear the whole thing at the end but uh just letting you guys know this is is gonna be about a minute so enjoy
4: when I'm I saying nice. this. Good for me. Because okay. I am the one
1: Why not? Cheerios on my mind. Kids surrender drugs when he walks by. (laughs) All right. Talk on my
4: dick. (laughs) All right.
1: (laughs) Uh, So that's uh, the song. There's, uh, as you can tell, there's more to it. But
2: you'll have to listen to that at the end. I mean, as someone with Armenian ancestry, I, I am sad that you didn't ask for my help on those vocals, which I would have been genetically predisposed to. To uh, doing perfectly. To, to be, yeah, to do well.
3: You know,
1: I've never heard you sing. I would love to know what that's like. Mm. Sing me a song. Come now. Yeah. Sing me a song. Lord <laughs> of the Rings. <laughs> I, don't, I don't do requests. I
2: think that's a All bad right, idea. This is Set this me the, up for failure.
1: This is the difference between you and me is I'm a shill. Mm-hmm. I only do requests <laughs> and you you're your own man um okay so let's talk about it this episode what did we think
2: Vince what you, did you like this what did you think of this episode I thought this was a great episode i you know last episode I described as utilitarian it's sure. sort of a bridge episode I think this is where we start uh, teasing out the plot lines that are gonna be carrying through uh season three Four now mm. um it's it's at this stage in the show there's sort of like this push pull between whether Carcetti is an evil sociopath or whether he actually wants to do good and in this episode i think they're there i still think he's a sociopath and they've been setting this up from the beginning but they're muddying the waters a little bit uh with that in, yeah. in this episode um mainly a lot of good team-ups a lot of good uh and also as a former uh junior high substitute teacher just a deadly accurate uh deadly accurate depiction of what it's like to try and teach middle schoolers who of any age are by far like the least interested in learning or listening to adults in any way yeah my niece
3: just entered middle school and i just talked to her the other day about how it was and you know She's in a relatively nice area of town at public school. She said, oh, yeah, I walked in and the first day of my first class, there was already kids like yelling the F word, like fighting each other. And the teacher couldn't break it up. I'm like, yo, that's yeah. sixth grade.
1: Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes.
3: It wasn't until seventh grade when I was around. So, yeah, that's it's, it's yeah. hard out there. Really, the, the real troops are middle school teachers. I, Honestly, I don't even mean though. that. I don't even mean that as a joke.
1: Yeah. No, yeah. I 100 percent like uh, Way my braver. Da- my dad was a teacher, and um, for a while, I remember for a couple of years, he was working at this middle school uh, in East L.A., and it was like a, a really run-down one. And my whole childhood was him just being uh, a guy, this is, before he was a teacher, he ran a sandwich shop, and he was just the angriest man in the world. He's like, if you see the bear, he was like the bear, but like, uh, like <laughs> more he's the actual bear jew that they yeah he's a, he yeah. was the bear jew uh and he <laughs> he really was just always on edge always yelling and then he got into teaching and it was the first time I had ever seen him defeated. <laughs> when, he was, when he was a middle school teacher in East L.A., he would come home and lie on the couch. And then he would be like, why are the, all the curtains drawn? <laughs> he would just be like, leave me alone. <laughs> I was like, okay. Uh, you know, these kids, uh, one of them came up to me and said, I'm, I'm going to pop you. He said that to me. And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, it's hard. It's
2: hard yeah, in it's such streets. a weird thing in junior high because I think by high school, most kids, like, they have... Uh, they either drop out or they have some things that you could threaten to take away from them right. to make them act better. In mm-hmm. junior high, there really is nothing you can threaten a kid. Like, if a kid is smart enough to understand what the deal is in junior high, which is that, like, none of it actually matters mm-hmm. and you can do basically uh whatever you want and it's not really going to follow you unless you have like a full on criminal record like right when they're acting bad you just have to yell and hope that uh you can mind fuck them into believing that you have some sort of uh genuine authority over them which you don't you're not allowed to strike them you're not right. really allowed to do anything other yes. than just like yell impotently yeah no it is it's
1: one of the reasons that um i was you know decided not to be a teacher was because i realized number one middle school kids are not just mean but really good at it
2: like <laughs> yeah. they are sharp yeah they, you're not th- good at being mean until you're in junior high and yes. that's like also the time when you want to be the most mean
3: right and by yeah. high school it just sort of like levels out like you sort of you find out that oh right. being mean doesn't have to be my entire personality you, like yes. a hobby
2: yes well yes. high school kids will defy you in order to do something that they want to do right whereas junior high kids th- that's a stage where you have to defy adults just to prove that you are uh, uh you're shedding up. your childhood self yes. at yeah, that point yeah. and like you could tell them to do something that they want to do and they have to they have to push back on you otherwise they're a punk
1: right exactly it's like they discover this new skill which is telling a teacher to go fuck themselves and in discovering that skill they're like well i'm gonna use this all the time i think we described that earlier uh as like you know the it's the little baby snakes with the most venom yeah. you know it's it's 100 true of middle school kids they they're the ones they can't even control how much venom their venom glands are making so they right. are like horrible to each other to themselves to teachers it's like uh yeah them's the the real troops uh, and, anyone yeah. teaching at a middle school
2: as long as we're like discussing that storyline, the mm-hmm. the the scene, you know, in which I, I forget the girl's name who actually uses the the razor blade, but I feel like that scene sort of operates on slasher movie slash like disaster movie rules, which is like when you watch those movies, the subtext of it is you're basically cheering for the most awful people to get Mm -hmm. uh, eaten by like the giant shark or killed by the guy with the the butcher knife. So like that whole scene, you're kind kind of asking for Shaquan to get, to get like, you know, something bad's going to happen to her and you're kind of rooting for it. You're like, well, you're rooting. It's
3: Letitia who does the uh, box cutter thing. Yeah, 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 and Chikwan
2: I, I think is the one that gets. Whoosh.
1: Yeah. Yes, yes, and I I feel like uh, the yeah I agree with you where you're just like she is very much uh, like asking for it quote unquote you know yeah. she's like and she's, as she's a getting on the like – she's fucking with the with the yeah. the kid and uh, but you do not expect a straight up razor blade to no, f- cut her face. That's when you go, Oh yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah.
2: You expect she's going to, you know, like say something mean to her or like, give her yeah, or just or fight something. like they did yeah. before. Like maybe
1: even a fist fight or something. And, and I think, you know, um, I don't know if I've ever seen like you see on, you know, most American TV shows, especially, uh, if there's going to be like violence at school, if it's not a fist fight, it's a gun. It's always a gun. And then it's a big, statement about gun violence you very rarely see knife violence and so seeing that on you know uh, tv on the show you are i think as shocked as the people in that room where you're just like holy fuck except for michael for some reason he just sits there (laughs) and he goes like well check that out uh i actually i have a clip of that uh it is you know the ending of the episode and uh you know it doesn't matter we go out of order all the
2: time
3: so if a rocket travels say a thousand miles an hour. How far does it go in an hour? Shaquan?
0: As far as it wants. I mean, it's a rocket ship, right? <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Oh. now. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Call 911 and
1: get the nurse. Everybody in your seat. <laughs> Thanks, Dookie. Honestly, though, Dookie is kid. such a sweet kid. I, I think, like, you know, the first time I saw that, I think I was uh, genuinely, genuinely touched by Dookie's like empathy in that moment. It, you see everyone's reaction, and this is what the show is so good at, is like um everyone's reaction to that situation was different um and it's it sheds a lot of like uh does a lot of exposition on what the characters are you see randy looks like indeed like he looks terrified he looks like holy fuck a little bit traumatized uh michael for some reason doesn't even leave his seat which you're just like well what the fuck is that about where he's just looking at it um and dookie You know, he's been fixing up this little fan he found on the ground, and he finally fixed it, and he uses it to help help her, you know, cool down a little bit. Quite literally. Quite literally. It's very cute in a horribly violent way. Yeah.
2: I mean, it's such a good, like, heightened depiction of junior high, because, like, that is something that happens in engineer high. Like I said, I was a substitute teacher. I had two eighth graders like fight in cl- in one of the mm-hmm. classes that yeah. I was teaching. But, uh, these kids are like uniquely, uh, you know, maybe a little more traumatized than your typical sure. ones. Uh, yeah. I think the kid who explodes, does such a great, great job when when the girl turns around and says, hey, shut up. Like, Mr. Preswell's trying to teach it. He's like, "Oh yeah. fuck up, bitch. Yeah, no. <laughs> like, just the way he said that was so it's, weirdly, so... like, satisfying and just, like, yeah. he, like just the way he, he can explode uh, at the drop of a hat like that. Like, it's... there's adult actors in the oh. show that don't pull off that. Andre's yes.
3: friend, Yvonne, is
4: supposed to meet him in philadelphia yeah Andre gonna bone that skate can you please shut up It's a press presbo trying to teach us all. you shut up bitch. he ain't teaching me nothing
3: <laughs> <laughs> straight like the rock just like <laughs> grabbing with the mic just going shut up bitch shut up bitch. <laughs> it's so good uh yeah. i mean like there was there's was a lot there so like having experienced British TV and seeing, mm-hmm. you know, like Skins or um, Easterners sure. or s- similar things like that. And also just because of the nature of not being America, you do get a little bit more stabby stabby here and sure, there. Sure, sure, so yeah. Seeing, seeing the amount of blood though was pretty shocking in that scene. So it definitely resonates and it escalates really quickly. But like you're saying, not only is it sort of the traumas of these kids in particular, what they grew up in and the adults mm-hmm. that they are sort of emulating as they're going out through life and figuring themselves um, out on their own as any other kids would do, that Mm -hmm. you get this sort of prison like mentality of for the rest of the episode, it's very verbal where like President Maluski is trying to get his feet and they they automatically realize like, okay, that one, that's the weakest link. I think when the kids even says, Oh, he's a new teacher and he's white. We got it made. It's like prison. They're (laughs) they're sniffing out the sharks. Mm -hmm. They're, you know, you see with the banter there, they're figuring out okay who's going to disrespect the teacher the most, who is right. going to, who's going to assert themselves on the prison uh, mm-hmm. yard to yes. not be effed with is essentially yes. the the idea here, and I, I think it's when we are getting the whole the wire is a show about society thing that mm-hmm. is a really encapsulating moment of these kids their place in life yeah both where they grow up and where they are in the middle school and how they're trying to express themselves because of how they've been taught
1: yes it's preparing them uh not for life this these school systems because they're so underfunded and so just like not taken care of uh they're not setting them up for life they're setting them up from future institutions and learning how to get over on people in those other institutions i mean even you take randy who's like not a he's not a, a violent kid um he's not even you know he, he has no malice in him he's
2: a future business leader clearly he, he comes right. in and, he gives presby
1: a firm handshake yes and a different socioeconomic uh you know uh situation he absolutely would be a future business leader um but for him you know even being the good kid that he is he still knows that he has to have his angle. So when he says something like, oh, he's new and he's white, we got it made. He's not talking about like, I'm going to talk shit on him. He's like, I'm going to trick this guy into giving me all the hall passes so that I can continue my business of selling candy to sixth graders, yeah, and he's which selling is like
2: drugs in prison. Very, like very right, clearly like, you know, hundred percent. can and, get out there. I right. Got, <laughs> you can get in here. And it's
1: not that getting over on people. I don't think the, is uh, for some people that is, an end unto itself because they are, you know, maybe they have a little bit more malice or they're a little bit, you know, less good of kids or, or whatever you want to call it. But with him, it's not as nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with like, this is the system. This is the way the system has brought me up and taught me to be. And in order to, you know, the the ends here are I have this I have this candy to sell. You know, it's not going to sell itself. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's later on in the season. Bunny makes a point to say that like they are setting setting them up for jail, not setting them up for. I also for life. think
2: that junior high, even like in even in nicer places, is. Uh, it runs more on the rules of prison than like any other. Sure, stage. Sure. Be- yeah, because I mean, like once you get to high school, like people that really don't like it and have no business doing it, kind of just drop out. But right. that doesn't really start uh, until high school. Like before that, everybody I, is sort of like warehoused I, I, in the same.
3: Like I, 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 I to- you're right. I'm just gonna add like another difference. Things have changed since all of us have been in middle and high school, but high school. Uh, the difference, the main difference between middle school and high school was in high school the cops broke up the fights and middle school yeah. it was the teachers right. so yeah. that, that was like a whole different dynamic there and they'll yes. get, then you get into the system through that way and yeah like you said Vince people kind of fall out of the school in that way mm-hmm. and a number of others but and middle school is yeah. still that kind of you're still expected and obligated. You're kid enough to be expected to go to school. Yes. But if you're acting out, they're gonna still try to put you back into that system and try to fix it. Yeah. Right.
2: And I remember learning things what? about prison from middle school without knowing anything about <laughs> prison. Uh, I'm, I'm like, sorry.
3: I, I'm sorry for tangenting on y'all's show, but no, I just have go to go for it. And, and my favorite anecdote from my middle school, that was in a very you know upper middle class, predominantly white area, mm-hmm. was. We would take sweet tarts and those Smarties candies, like the ones yeah. that come in little plastic wrap, like in one little, like 10 little, like oh yeah, I candy love pieces. We crunch them up and snort them like it's <laughs> cocaine. Yeah. And oh, we, yeah. we, we, had a, we had an assembly at my school where it was just all of the male middle school teachers had just like gotten everyone in their building and they thought they would listen to the men more. And the men didn't have anything to say. They were all just disgusted. Like there was no message from this meeting. They were all just like, really?
2: yeah you you know
3: this is just sugar right (laughs) are you not they're like disgusted but sort of surprised like they just didn't know what to say so yeah yeah. like it's that goes to your point though like regardless of where you are like middle school be like that sometimes yeah no i remember
2: learning that uh it's gay to show your leg skin out on the yard Mm -hmm. uh from a kid in middle school who was like Yo, you need to get higher socks and uh and baggier shorts because I love that's, that like that's gay, dude. And I'm like, what are you are talking about? A little bit they're a little bit Victorian that way. Yeah, yeah. They're
1: like, oh no, we gotta cover the legs of the grand piano because otherwise <laughs> that grand piano is asking to get fucked. That's right. Yeah. No, you know what's
2: interesting. Turns out I was just I was just putting it out there. I didn't know. I didn't know that uh visible knees uh meant that I wanted to have sex with men, but now I know. Yeah, well, puritanical those,
3: churches yeah it's or prisons rather
1: yeah it's always meant that you know in, in my neighborhood so uh vince if i ever see your knees mm-hmm. uh i will lovingly accept you <laughs> uh <laughs> thank you but uh no you bring up an interesting point actually dan there is something in, just in terms of the way you would like snort candy like it was drugs there is something about candy and sugar as training wheels for drugs uh you know uh, both in this show and i think in real life and 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 just as a vice uh that kids that is
2: tangible to kids that's something that is like because you know very knowingly manipulated by people that make Candy. I mean, by yes. the time I was in middle school, like the candy cigarettes, I think had been like, they'd stop. I remember right. t- seeing those like before I was in middle school, but we yeah. still had like big league chew, which sure. the whole point of it was that it looked like chewing tobacco and yep. you could be like yep. cool, like a big, big leaguer. Uh, yeah. yeah. And pixie sticks. I'm pretty sure they knew that wh- exactly what they were doing with those. Oh, fun dep? Come on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, get get you a little, get you a little gummer. Get yeah, you a little, yeah. 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 Yeah um i always uh enjoyed uh trying to uh, intravenously inject sour punch straws <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no there is something there's a connection there uh just because you know if you talking about like trying to snort the fucking sweet tarts and like there's a connection to vice in general i i've told this story before about like a middle school girl and this guy i knew um, who, uh, dated and the rumor ar- around school, uh, was that he, uh, sucks skills out her pussy. And as a middle school kid, that was like, Whoa, <laughs> that's so hot. I think, <laughs> yeah. but you're not sure <laughs> if I it's I like hot. candy, and I know I'm supposed
2: to like sex, I, so. I, Yes,
1: exactly. <laughs> I like candy, I know I'm supposed to like sex. So, yeah, there, there is something there. And I think in the show, like you said before, Randy, you know, selling uh, candy to the sixth graders is very much him, uh, you know, he's not slanging, but it's like he's being set up for it. Um, but, yeah, this is like uh, the, the entire back to school again storyline is is great just because you see there's a one scene where they're all just waiting you know the the calm before the storm before the kids come in and just like hordes of children in these overcrowded schools just pop in and you see the vice principal is just already yelling at people yeah
2: (laughs) he's got to establish some some ground rules otherwise she's gonna get killed yeah um i love like all the little cultural details, too. Just uh, like I didn't go to a school that had uniforms, but like the detail mm-hmm. of Namond uh, wearing a jersey that he knows he's going to have to take off after five minutes. And but he earrings. brings it, yeah. Yeah. Like he brings it knowing that like he needs to floss for that five minutes. Yes. Yes.
1: Not even for the 10 seconds and maybe for the five minutes uh, walk to
2: school as soon as he enters those doors. There's also the moment. And it's the moment that makes me realize why I could never be like a television uh, producer where uh, mm-hmm. like the middle school girls walk through. I mean, there's like so many levels to them clearing a path for these middle school girls, which like the sub theme of like the entire school uh, environment is that none of these kids respect male authority because they haven't like they're not used to really respecting like male authority, I guess. right. Um, and so, yeah. And so these girls walk through and they can just like clear a path. Uh, have, but have also have just the that. idea of being a show producer and being like, all right, we need some overweight middle schoolers that are yeah. going to get clowned on and yes. uh, going out and finding those actors. Like, and you what? have to know oh that God.
1: We're, we don't mean it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
4: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yo, them bitches is on steroids. Word, word, them bitches Iran. That should've over in
1: I would love if they did send them bitches over to Iran just see like what do they think is going to happen? Do they think Iran is just uh a bunch of tiny anyways. Um I I, I also looked the... something to that. Yeah, there's something to that. Uh, th- th- it's them being like damn these 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 ladies are big and tough uh and scary. Um and also clowning them for being big girls, but uh it, it is another in, like important facet of middle school, especially being a middle school boy is uh all of your uh female peers are bigger than you. And like yeah. they they've they've all they're, they've all gone through puberty. Uh whereas you are still going through puberty. So like, you know, it's that awkward stage where all the girls are taller than the boys <laughs> and uh and yeah, it's a it's a, it's a great it's a great little detail. I also love um uh the detail of like Naaman not knowing what tattoos are for. But knowing that, <laughs> that he they're should have cool. Them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. I, mean, I think so,
2: that's everybody's first few tattoos.
1: Well, I mean, maybe, but I think the difference here is is the way that Randy just like totally shuts down his like idea. <laughs> it's yeah. so good. I, I have a, a clip of that. Look at all these big ass eighth graders. Oh, first of all, I just gotta say, Delonda, what she says right here, is the most insane thing.
4: Nah, <laughs> hey.
0: Look like some sixth graders going to get banged.
4: Yo, come here, I want to show y'all some. Why? She is so horrid. Check it. This dude in the joint my father drew these. I'm about to get one on my arm. Is this you? Why would you get yourself on your arm? In case you forget what you look like? What is this, these, bro? This one means hot, like, you know, he got hot and that means lying how you know that Where the dude could be playing you like this one instead of heart it could mean like bitch or something <laughs> and like this one it can mean like pussy <laughs> or oh, climb come on man <laughs> fuck y'all motherfuckers
1: <laughs> no i just uh, that is just so fucking perfect the idea that he's like he's a uh, he's got this really cool drawing of himself and he's like you know i should get, i should get this tattooed on me i know i'm supposed to think tattoos are cool <laughs> Uh, but I don't
2: know what to get. Well, and he knows like the idea of the meaningful tattoo, you know, like if he was the one in prison, he'd be getting a picture of his, like the idea of a prison portrait, uh, being an important tattoo is already like, uh, you know, it's, it's there in his consciousness, but he just doesn't quite know how to apply it to his own, uh, situation.
1: And it's, it's something he would never do, too. And that's the, uh, the other thing about Naaman is, like, Naaman is all talk when it comes yeah, to Yeah, and it's like all, cool all of his
2: street cred is
1: borrowed. Like Yes. Yes. For, for literally from He's, he's the fail
3: son of the streets. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, he really exactly.
1: is. The fail son Nepo baby of uh, West Baltimore. Um, yeah. Oh, hey. Is that Brent Flyberg, producer? It is
3: fail son nepo baby of the these streets out here what's up dog? um also my one time my mom burned my brother just like randy did he said he was gonna get flyberg tattooed on his arm and she said what in case you forget your name <laughs> pretty funny <laughs> god um, but
2: also we should take a break for ads oh
1: he is right love those ads we love ads we love the sponsors uh we love The military industrial complex or whatever. (laughs) Um, And so, uh, you know, listen, if you got a uh, private military contract that you need done, go to ZipRecruiter. Anyways, uh, (laughs) (laughs) point is, uh, stick around and we will be right back. Hey everyone, Matt Lieb here with an annoying mid-roll ad that I'm going to be playing until March 17th. Why March 17th, you ask? Well, because I'm going to be co-headlining the Sacramento Punchline on Sunday, March 17th at 7 p.m. with my wife, Francesca Fiorentini. I would love it if you all bought your tickets to it. It's going to be really fun. Um, You helped us sell out uh, when we co-headlined the San Francisco Punchline, and now I'm asking for you to do it again. That's right. If you're in the Sacramento area or somewhere nearby... Um, come to the Sacramento Punchline Sunday, March 17th, 7 p.m. It's going to be so much fun. I'm going to be there. Francesca's going to be there. Uh, Someone else is going to open for us. I don't know who, but someone probably pretty funny. You're going to have a great time, and you can get your tickets right now by either clicking the link uh, that's in the show notes or going to punchlinesac.com and uh, buying your tickets. Do it. And if you can't go, Hey, maybe you have friends who are in the area, and, you, you know, you can tell them, like, hey, you like comedy. Come see this guy who does a podcast and his wife who also does a podcast. It'll be great. So, yes, please come. Sacramento Punchline, March 17th. That's a Sunday at 7 p.m. Come, enjoy, laugh, love. All right.
0: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich.
1: And we're back, um, just to round out the, uh, middle school stuff, uh, it is Prez's first day, and as we showed before, it does not end well, um, nor does it start well, uh, on his very first class, he opens with, uh, a little joke that, uh, I think, Vince, you were alluding to mm. at the beginning. I do,
2: I do allude, don't I? You do allude. You like to allude. Good morning. I'm your homeroom teacher, obviously. My name is Mr. Presbuleski, but you can call me Mr. Presbuleski.
3: <laughs> brutal, <laughs> just brutal, dog. He's I, I, now so. The yeah. last episode I was on of Pod Yourself" the Wire was like, yeah, season one, episode seven, and that was the one with the cold open where Presbuleski's like. Listening to the Wire and decoding what it says because yes. like he speaks black because he listened to some Rolling Stones. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. I was thinking about that as that I was moment. watching this scene. It's just like, watch me. I, I am, I am the Black Whisperer right here. It's gonna be great. I'm, gonna, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna rock th- these kids. They're gonna be right with me. Crickets. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the first they're... and final time there's crickets in that classroom.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's, it's like, well, enjoy that moment of silence, bro. Because uh, I it mean, is even if, if a joke.
2: Had cru- even if it was the best joke in the world, he's still gonna get crickets. Oh yeah, they would yeah. never give him that, that satisfaction unless he was like directly uh, tearing down one of the class's outcasts. Like he was, <laughs> he's not getting any laughs.
1: Yeah, there there, there really is uh, no winning in that situation, especially since it's his first day. It's homeroom. It is the teacher that you are legally allowed to disrespect, and uh, you know everyone there is just like what do you what do you this is this is bad and also (laughs) no one's gonna call you mr
2: Prespoluski. are you kidding me they uh yeah, yeah I I I, th- I like Mandela affected this one because I I could have sworn like he went in there immediately and was just like yeah you can call me Mr. Prez. He did not do that. He no. wanted them to say the whole name. I did not um, remember that. I thought yeah. he was cooler.
1: Prez or Presbo? I love that they call him Presbo, but they never call him Presbo the Lesbo. Because I feel like if yeah. I were in middle school, I would have been like oh do you have Presbo the Lesbo? And then I yeah. would have done everything I could in order to make that connection make sense like somehow there would be proof like confirmation bias that he is a lesbian it it would make sense somehow and i would spend all year doing it um but yeah uh and then uh, prezbaluski also learns um kind of like a a very important lesson uh about um unconscious bias and word problems uh you know like the, i remember you know from my uh i guess it was my college days i don't know when i remembered learning about unconscious bias and the way that like tests are biased but uh you know a lot of a lot of times they are because they word problems especially are not um you know uh, a culturally ubiquitous thing and uh he trying- has
2: three patagonia vests that he wants to sell <laughs> how many north face jackets does it take madison says he doesn't look good in them
1: and therefore yeah all right you own three box sets of
2: Fraser. how many <laughs> how many tossed salads and scrambled eggs assuming each box set has two yes uh
1: so he's trying to do one um uh, regarding a train
2: leaving XYZ, but he makes it Baltimore style. You know what's weird is I feel like those... Even Baltimore. No, okay. go ahead. Go ahead. I, I feel like those types of word problems, I think that is like a, a uniquely boomer word problem because i remember yeah. my parents talking about those and they are like the subject of classroom humor the way yes. that like anchovies on pizza was uh, the standard like pizza joke or people wearing lampshades when they're partying too hard yes uh, like it's just one of those things that i never experienced in real life myself but i've experienced it through media like at just least through culture times. yes 100
1: yeah. uh, percent it, it just it, as a thing that teachers are supposed to do at some point is tell it's you like about sta- trains
3: it's like stand up jokes about airline food. It's like 100%. I have heard one of these, but I've definitely yes. heard them all on TV many times.
1: Yes. I know that, that that is a trope, but is this a real thing? And uh, I mean, in Presbo's
3: case, it is. He's going 60 miles an hour. Hey, what side of Baltimore? East or west? Right. It doesn't make any difference. That's what you think. <laughs> okay. East.
2: Yes. Oh, man, west. Already. Okay. <laughs> Rookie mistake. Okay. Yeah.
4: Uh, and he's going uh to Philadelphia. Man, uh, Philly's ass. Yo, so you think Al Navis on his ass? Okay, stop. Yo, he only played for them. He ain't from there.
0: Kind of cuff.
4: And he's driving on I ninety five. You need to watch out for the state police. They be profiling niggas. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't say Andre was black, yeah? Come on, Randy Andre from the West Side. Yeah, hey, he Yo, you know he's black. black. You know he okay. black. <laughs> <laughs> he's black. Oh, yeah,
1: he it's <laughs> no it's uh, you know, uh, I, there's just something about that scene that I love because they, rather than talking about the math problem, not realizing that all that shit is arbitrary, they want to have a deep conversation yeah. about whether or not Andre from the word problem is black. I
3: <laughs> all mean, about the banter, Yeah. oh well, for
2: sure. And like, you know, I'm I'm making fun of the idea of the that that word problem a little bit, but like the detail of uh leticia using her watch to try and shine the sunlight in yeah. uh or sorry shaquan trying to sh- shine the light in someone's eyes like that is a perfect middle school uh yes. annoying thing that you're going to do to each other constantly like that's yeah. dead on oh yeah 100 percent.
1: yeah and and like also like uh her feelings about it afterwards not maybe so much the like wanting to like actually cutting someone in their face but like uh watching her get laughs and be cool and be pretty and just like uh you know wanting to murder that person <laughs> we've all been there right guys i'm on day quill
3: no no I, mean, <laughs> I i i i didn't want to say this because then i just reveal myself as the villain but yes. i was definitely the like leticia in middle school like yeah. uh, i was awkward i didn't have a lot of friends i cared about learning too much um and people would fuck with me and yeah. then i would fuck with them back with like 10 times force and then i'd be the one who almost gets suspended
1: yeah 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 but yeah.
3: Uh, I, people would people would stop fucking me after that and i kind of came into my own and um now look it, at me today i'm a, a political commentator that's definitely heals yeah. the soul heals the inner middle school child in me
2: yeah. You have your own gamer chair and yeah, no one seriously. can take that away from you. No one can take it away. Yes. All Except the for-
3: people making fun of me are too far to hit. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. <laughs>
4: exactly.
3: You see this fucking
2: lumbar support, Ricardo? Where are you yeah. at now? Yeah.
1: Suck a dick. <laughs> um, yeah. So, anyways, that is what's going on with the kids at their first day of school. Uh, and I think we got to get into what's going on. Uh, wh- okay. So, Vince, tell me which one you want to get into. You want to talk about what's going on with the. Uh, let's, talk the, about the, Bunny the let's talk about Bunny Colvin.
3: Let's talk about Bunny Colvin. Because, I getting mean, close to, we're this getting close whole, to my favorite part of the show. Yeah, oh, yeah. The, the episode like, at least. Not
2: yes. every part of the storyline like works for me, but there's just something. I mean it's not the most uh like gratifying storyline cuz you don't relate to it like you do with the the middle school sure I think like the main way that uh that that this storyline resonates with me is just like the intense jealousy i have for someone who had like a public sector job mm. for 20 years and mm. now can just like go to jobs and tell people to fuck themselves if uh, if he doesn't like what they're doing like he's yeah. got a he's got a pension i mean i worked in digital media for like 15 16 years before i got laid off i got yeah. no pension like Substack well, is got- like my
1: is my pension i think <laughs> Wait, no, but you
2: got a pen Like a, an exposure Severance? pension Yeah, an exposure p- pension, yeah. yeah That's what I got, yeah, exactly I cannot tell anyone to go fuck themselves I've done so many things And uh, it has given me Zero rights to tell people to fuck off Which I like, sucks, because that's the only Weird re- thing that I wanted to do That's the only reason I, d- I did this instead of like copywriting
1: Well, you know, that's why I always tell people Who are young especially You should be a cop <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> get into it good job
2: good pay don't six worry figures, about six lots figures of donuts mm, no, lots at least of donuts. be a firefighter you can just make chili and oh, clean your dude. car i would love to be a firefighter I, I, if i
1: wasn't a coward i would be one <laughs> um or, and not just a coward but also i can't breathe good you really got to breathe mm. good you mm. have to have like it, very good lungs
3: the super interesting thing with colvin's story in here mm. is that Yeah, like to what you were saying, Vince, there is a public sector and like in the world, the the wide show about reality, right? Like in the world, there's a push pull between public sector, private sector, what that gets you and what comes with it. And Mm -hmm. Colvin, you know, for all of his flaws, he is a person who feels really good about his role and the very, you know, elementary kind of when thinking of what police do about right. Making sure, like, if you see a criminal and you see it with your eyes, you get yeah. them arrested. That's why you right. have that little moment, right, when he leaves working as a private security guard at the hotel. I don't know mm-hmm. if you have a clip of that. But, um, feel free. Y- oh, but, I like, do. Rad. But, yeah, you have that moment there where he goes, okay, even though I like my little uh, corporate car that I was mm-hmm. bragging about earlier in the episode, you know, I got my, like, nice pay and my nice suit, mm-hmm. contrasted with my favorite scene, which is coming on in a moment. But he's like, even though I have all those things in the private sector... It doesn't fulfill me as a person I feel like I'm doing some really grimy things Because I'm accountable to Not our grimy ass government But a grimy ass like unaccountable guy yeah. <laughs> like to yes, so kiss some person's
2: yeah. ass that he doesn't respect in any way who never you know like there was no hazing process for that guy to be uh above him and Judges, and i'm, I'm sure like he months. could have done other things besides be a cop but part of the reason that you want to be a cop is that you do have like that amount of autonomy where you know you can fuck people up if they piss you off that's part of the reason you do it yeah not saying it's good set
3: your schedule punch people in the face yeah do fascism kill somebody
1: (laughs) and just get a slap on the wrist joke about it over the radio donut Uh, holes yeah you know normal (laughs) stuff (laughs) perks perks (laughs) Uh,
3: perks and perks
1: yes uh but uh yeah so the scene you guys are talking about is uh he's working at his hotel security uh job and he uh, enters a situation in which a sex worker has been beaten up and uh the culprit is a very important man in the hotel industry which uh i mean what are the chances a but hotelier we, if you will y-
3: yes here we go she presses charges i'm cuffing that motherfucker. Mr. colvin this is a delicate matter delicate shit. mr Gergen represents a national consortium Gergen. of convention planners and
1: he's the been a friend consortium. of the hotel it's good huh I, i'm sorry but the fact that he is specifically a convention planner like uh, uh, or representing a national consortium of uh it's just so specific i can't think of that many guys who those
2: people absolutely exist oh of course that's that's
3: the thing of course they
1: exist but i'm saying like of the people you are definitely allowed to like let get away with murder uh working at a hotel for sure that is one of those jobs i'm not sure what the other ones are though like if it was any other i guess a senator maybe even then i don't know if the hotel guy would be all that like but this is like no this du- directly affects our business um anyways it's bad luck here we go
0: how much you beat you for
1: how much <laughs> the
0: fuck is this she steals my money and you're gonna lock me up Getting charged with assault
3: It'll be on the right, her sir.
0: with the theft. I'll put the cuffs on her too. I, I, you in the wagon, shit, bro. Mr. Colvin, this is not acceptable. <clears throat> no, he's going in a wagon. Mr. Colvin, I have to insist. 30 years of police officer, I never took cuffs off a
1: right charge. Ain't about to start now. You're not a police officer, Mr. Colvin.
3: You work for us.
1: Oh. Oh. Imagine that little shit saying you work for us.
3: That's like the moment in The Incredibles where, like, <laughs> Mr. Incredible was like, I'm no longer a pencil pusher. I'm out. Like, yeah. I, I'm moonlighting. I'm done. Like, that, that, that's yeah. that movie moment where the person snaps and they goes like, no, I care much more about a job that will fulfill me as a person where I feel oh, like I'm yeah. doing something that matters in the world versus getting a check. That being said, I, I got to skip to my favorite moment of the show. Uh, maybe I have a clip. Feel free to jump in with it. But David uh-huh. Parenti, you get introduced to the doctor here, who... Um, Colvin's told that he's running this study out of the University of Maryland trying to look at recidivism and violent uh-huh. offenders um, in street gangs. And he wants um, Colvin's friend, I'm getting his name right now, but Colvin's friend hooks him up with a job and they're yeah. interviewing and talking about it. And then Colvin and his friend take five, meet outside of the room. And Colvin's like, "Okay, I guess I'll do this job, but I better have fifty thousand dollars an eighty <laughs> twenty health plan and my yeah. own car And the other guy's like, I'd be surprised if you get thirty thousand in HMO and maybe a bus pass <laughs> yeah." yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: Uh, i know, yeah. like that's
3: that's it that's all that right he's there. setting
1: t- he's negotiating with the deacon who just knows about the job he's like why are you asking <laughs> me I, you're yeah. not getting any of that shit
3: i
2: mean i like that scene because uh i like the depiction of sociologists because uh, like sociologists are as bad as like CIA functionaries in terms of like coming up with stupid euphemisms for shit and thinking that like the, like half of the job is just like coming up with annoying euphemisms and thinking Mm -hmm. that the job is finished now. And it's like, Oh man, watch when you try to actually talk to real people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What I love too is, um, how the, I mean the casting of it was perfect because he's just so, um, not a cop as the guy that they are uh, interviewing in the interrogation booth uh, says like the, the fact that he was like sniffed out immediately as a Chuck E. Cheese ass motherfucker, like is so fucking great and uh i i do have the clip of them in the room together uh with the guy where bunny is trying to convince this academic that like if you're talking about like uh early intervention in uh people's lives to stop them from like going uh into a life of you know gang violence and drugs and whatnot um 18 is way too fucking old and uh, he does that by uh meeting with an 18 year old uh kid uh, sean williams yes and uh i i've got a clip of that
0: you police
4: yeah? ain't your sister sean the fuck you want with my sister what the fuck's this chuck e cheese looking motherfucker writing <laughs> what
1: would you do if you heard your sister got beat up awesome. oh,
4: entertainment is he calling him a
1: Chuck-E-Cheese motherfucker because he just kind of does look like a rat? <laughs>
3: he's got rat-like features. <laughs> it like, he's like, he's kind of like, I'm just wondering where he got that and- Central Casting's like, find me the most French-looking person you can yeah, find. Yeah, give me a real French yeah.
1: guy.
0: What you do if you heard your sister got beat up by some guy. Which sister? I mean, because it's Cherie, she probably ain't coming. Real <laughs> shit. Fuck real that shit. guy up. How fuck his ass shut with you in jail. Oh, fuck my his ass shut. What do you handle, boy?
1: Yeah, fucking his ass <laughs> shut is... his ass shut. <laughs> that's impressive. I
3: don't yeah. know how is that, that what y'all were saying but... in 2006? Uh, that's sounds... what I was
1: saying. It was that and I'll fuck you till you love me.
2: It sounds uh, like it would be not fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah, don't, don't fuck my ass shut. Fuck it open. Then I'll get least. the
2: nigga myself and I will go, I got a gripper. What if you had a life sentence? Then I'll fucking
4: escape and put that fucking pin down before I shove it up your motherfucking ass.
2: Would you go to the police? It's just a question.
4: Son, thanks for being you.
1: It's just it's just wonderful just because this guy is uh, hes Speaking coming point, at him. He's coming at it from such a, you know, like a lofty academic place where everyone is just kind of um, a character you read about in, uh, you know, the Sunday Times as opposed to like a real person. And I mean, um,
2: yeah, yeah, the one flaw that I that I find with this uh, storyline is mm-hmm. I love that it's clowning on the sociologist. That's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, social worker or whatever, whatever his deal is. Um, mm-hmm. I love that. But um, it, it's weird for me to see them paint the cop as like the plain spoken one, because yeah. if you've ever listened to a cop, like they are the worst fucking jargon. Uh, oh yeah. They're jargon, jargon heads. users yeah, of yeah. all. Like, like you would have to hold a cop like at gunpoint before he'll ever call a car or a truck, a car or a truck and not a vehicle, not like a vehicle. They, yeah. yeah. Like they, <laughs> like they're the, like the worst offenders of, just transparently using big words, thinking that it makes them seem like smart and professional. Numbers and like, codes. And it's yeah. like, like I got a two
3: thirteen over here. It's yeah. like
2: you sound so stupid. You sound so much <laughs> stupider now. Uh, and it's so transparent. <laughs> okay, to everyone sir. But you. Exit the vehicle. Yeah, yeah. Okay, now, sir, you're gonna have to take yeah. your uh, arm-like uh, thing off of the uh, vehicle's mm-hmm. uh, capsule <laughs> yeah. and. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah.
3: Please make your way off the dirigible. Please, yeah. please <laughs> yeah. evacuate the dirigible. <laughs> No, like, I I do appreciate, like, it's a criticism of, and you get this a lot in, you know, like, hard labor jobs, and by hard labor, I mean, like, that show Dirty Jobs, like, let's take all the actuality of that show out, for example, but it's this even shows like undercover boss it's like let's take the technocrats and mm. knock them down like three or four pegs as fast as we can to make them realize like the sheltered world they live in and it like definitely in this case it shapes their perspective where sure. uh dr perenni goes okay we can't go with above 18 year olds. What yeah. about like high school? And then that's when Colvin goes lower. And that's yeah. how the stories intertwine.
1: Right. Right. And then yeah. you see them uh, at Tillman middle and you're like, ah, okay. So we're going to get this uh little uh, sociological academic experiment going on at the very school where all these kids are going. And, uh, and there was mo-
3: just like, just when they are going to pull me out. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Exactly. They <laughs> pulled me back in. Yeah. Yes. So we're going to see more of that as the season goes. Um, real quick, let's talk uh, a little bit about what's going on with the major crimes unit. Uh, and, uh, you know, in this episode, there's a, we get a little bit of Omar. Omar kind of serves uh, more to um, contextualize. Dong, number one. Well, to, first of all, to hang dong, uh, which, you know, God bless. First and um, foremost, this is HBO. Right, exactly. It's not TV. It's DiGiorno. And he uh, he's kind of serves just to, I think, put what Kima's doing into context. Kima is uh, currently staking out Old Face Andre's little liquor store, which uh, she suspects is where the re-ups are happening and uh for for Marlo specifically and she is she is correct uh and unfortunately for her and fortunately for omar um the major crimes unit is about to be disbanded and not from the outside but from the inside with a lieutenant marimo um who is i don't know the name of this actor
2: uh but- i can look it up for you i can i know where the the name marimo comes from do you? Yeah. That, we have some trivia, trivia? We have some trivia. Wow. Uh, Marimo, yeah. David Simon actually took this guy's name from one of his editors uh, at the Baltimore Sun, oh. which he claims that it wasn't because he hated the guy. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. It sure seems like he uh, was <laughs> trying to say that he hated the guy. Yeah. I think it's very clear. Uh, yes. Boris McGiver.
1: Boris McGiver. Wow, that's mm-hmm. his name? This whole time his name has Bo- been Boris McGiver? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wow, I fucking love this man. Uh, I think he's a
2: wow, a wonderful piece of shit.
1: Yes, yes, so good. And uh, watching him take over for the guy who's like just building his own like uh, his his own beach house or whatever. He's like building a boat, um, and then he comes in there and he tells them, uh, you know, that he's a real cop, and then immediately is like, "Let's do street rips." Uh, I have a clip of that.
4: I may be wearing these bars, but I work the bricks to earn them, and I am Stone Cold Police, first, last, and always. Ivan hey, Barksdale,
1: that was a 14 point buck you bagged. Mildly racist. However,
4: we <laughs> are gonna do better. 12 seconds later. Okay, here's the new world order, guys. I want good, quick rips. 6, 10, 12 felony cases a month. That means no more long ass wiretaps, no more subpoenas we're mincing around on shit. we get out on the street and come back with stats understood <laughs> the hell with
0: this we got a wiretap up and a judge decides when it comes down well
4: detective the deputy ops is going to talk to you about that
1: i'm sorry but he's so wonderful he's I, great Can i know I, I'm- I, that i'm supposed to hate him but him coming out directly and going guys Time to get back to what we do best. Stats and street rips. It's just yeah. so funny. It's Stop so and frisk. Fun. This is Stop our and bread and butter. Let's
3: go. Yeah.
2: Uh, can I give you a little back uh, background on uh, John, uh, Boris McGiver? Oh, please. Could be McGiver. I think it's shut. McGiver. I hope it's McGiver. <laughs> yeah. uh, McGiver is the second youngest of 10 children born to another actor, character Ethic? actor John McGiver and his wife, Ruth Schmiggles- M- Sch- Schmigelski. Uh, Shmigelsky
1: was, is a quite
2: a unfortunate name. <laughs> <laughs> he was not initially eagled eager to follow in his father's footsteps and has stated, I kind of denied acting throughout my childhood because my dad was an actor and he was never around. He had to feed 10 kids. He was always working. So to me, acting was never connected to something good. And I never had realized what an art it was. I thought it was just playtime.
1: I love that. That's the yeah.
2: first, that is the first time
1: I've ever been okay with an nepo baby.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> I mean, listen. I don't know how successful his dad was, but
3: uh, <laughs> pretty, yeah, he's pretty successful. I, I, yeah. I love the character though, because specifically, and that twelve seconds later animation really does it well. Because yeah. yeah. When you have a new boss, you have someone new coming in. It's that same thing. It's almost like prison. You gotta establish your chops. You gotta make yes. people like respect you. Yeah. You gotta try to talk their language. Yes. While also doing the job you were hired to do, which mm-hmm. is like yeah. clean house. A huge it's piece like of yes. shit, yeah. Vince. Maybe you know this. Like uh <laughs> oh, yes. a, bo- a, a new boss comes into your media company, let's say, and mm-hmm. goes, "You know what? I understand, y'all. It's gonna be great. We're gonna take this place to new heights." And mm-hmm. then, like a month later, the layoffs start. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen,
2: I love journalism. I love good writing. I want to make i want to do good uh i want to do good writing first and foremost but look mm-hmm. uh we need more listicles people you that's right get them from ai we mm-hmm. gotta figure out what works and mm-hmm. uh redo those posts yeah. we are knew- a
3: family and one of the most important things about family is bloodletting <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: uh,
1: well the news hole is shrinking and uh so we gotta you shrink know, it shut shrink it all the yeah. way shut yeah oh, fuck that ass shut that's what i say um yeah no i just think he just does such a wonderful job of being like a like a huge piece of shit who uh is just so transparently doing like hey i'm a real cop just like y'all in fact i'm gonna be you know subtly racist comparing this black man you got (laughs) to some game hunting well yeah just like cops (laughs) you know just like cops (laughs) um but uh yeah uh so unfortunately uh that leads to both freeman and Kima jumping ship, realizing that uh, the AMCU is done. They're gonna go, you know, no more go Marvel to cinematic. Films, yeah. go to and DC like that, that's another,
3: that's another like when, when of the system because mm-hmm. yeah, you want something done that the people who are doing the job aren't gonna like you either get rid of those people outright or you slowly close in the walls or like you're a boiling frog and you slowly turn up the temperature yeah so that it, it just becomes unbearable and people leave and hey yes. gu- guess what that's part of the that's part of the original thing too that okay. manager still gets to say that hey uh, MC the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, we're done. We're not, we're not, doing, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're not doing major crimes anymore. We're yeah. not and doing major
2: crimes or just, any uh, more of the Flash movies. It, Wait, no, that's a, DC. Fuck. It's a testament to the wire that they were basically doing an indictment of big data like before Moneyball. Like this oh, yeah. is like big data has been like the god of Uh, of society for like at least 15 years now. Mm. And like this show was like, oh no, uh, most of these stats are actually bullshit. And just the act of um, caring only about stats uh, easily leads to you completely forgetting what they were meant to measure. And, uh, you know, working solely to juke the little number rather than the job that, that was meant to measure.
3: Yeah, it's everything. It's like, you give me something to optimize towards, and I will do that in lieu mm-hmm. of other things. So, like, cops yeah. always say, oh, no, we don't do quotas. We don't do quotas. We right. all know when we're driving, like, near the end of the month, it's quota day, and right. you get, like, pulled over for, like, any other witch thing because these cops would rather pull people over for traffic violations than they would for, you know, solving crimes because that's right. the number they're optimizing towards. So, yeah, yes. and it's like yeah. Yeah. David Simon had been embedded in police um, departments for a decade at least before this season and before even starting the wire. So right. he's he's talking from the streets, man. He's talking from the offices right there. A hundred
1: percent. And and you know, and Ed Burns obviously was a detective who then became a uh school teacher. And I think there's like uh, you know, one of the reasons why this season is so good, uh other than like, you know, the acting and the writing and everything, is also because you realize that uh both uh you know middle school uh you know inner city kids and city cops are both about optimization they're both about gaming systems they're both yeah, about get the like getting get the number up and getting over on people and you know it's not it's not just a uh oh well this is like you know um uh, this exists in a vacuum for school kids it's like no 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 this is this is everything uh, uh, Duck you know, your head to make your bed exactly this is you later you'll see uh when they're all taking the standardized tests you realize you know they got to juke the stats there too you you got to get those test scores up you know because if you don't get those test scores up then you don't get the funding you don't get the funding then you're fucked and you get just taken over you by don't the get state. The women,
2: you don't get the women or the power yeah you don't get the well, money you
3: don't get the power well, you do say women. like congratulations you've Passed a test, or you can run this test, or congratulations, right. you've gotten some numbers on the board. Is right. it making these kids smarter? No. no. Is it making no. crime go down, or is it making streets safer? No. no. But no. there's some numbers that a middle manager can yes. show to get a 10% raise at the end of the quarter. Yes. exactly. Yes, it's something. That's the optimization.
1: That, yeah. yeah, it's a, you, you optimize, uh, you know, for whatever number you're trying to juke, and you paint that number as being meaningful in some way. And then remember, there, some, kids,
3: this will be important
1: later
2: in the show (laughs) yeah yes very (laughs) important Uh, i remember wanting to do uh listicles with a format that was less annoying to read Mm -hmm. and uh and the word was like no no no. we want people to have to scroll up and down because each time they do that we get like extra page views (laughs) yeah so we actually want to make this a worse reading experience uh so so that the no we want the slideshows
3: because we can throw more ads in yes front of them. Exactly, every time yeah. you go to
2: a new web page it's a new click
3: baby you know uh, what i hate well, sorry by but have you ever been on a website where you click on the article you're like yeah yeah sure whatever you go back and then a new page comes up and it's like hey before you leave check out this stuff it's like yeah
1: oh yeah it's, they, that's they, optimization brain It's so crazy, too, because like I remember this when I used to uh, download, you know, uh, wares and Divix movies where all of the websites in order to like download free movies and games uh you know off like some html website would have these ads where you couldn't see where the x was to get out mm-hmm. of the pop-up sure and i remember thinking to myself like man this is fucking draconian like there's you know i i can't wait till the
3: internet's better
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And, and they took that model and they said like no do that for everything yeah. capitalism you know? breeds
3: innovation what can i say it really
1: does um yeah so uh you know woe is woe is the mcu uh but meanwhile a little bit of uh omar um we get uh uh omar uh robbing um old face andre who uh is just you know perfectly named because that motherfucker does have an old looking face <laughs> and here's that scene
2: that's peace niggas you crazy local or something don't you know this shit is bulletproof i don't understand
4: you heard what the boy said? The box of new
3: Do my change, yo. Wow, me. You're stick only up, stick-up boy to ask for change. I know.
0: <laughs> That's the reason why we get up every morning.
2: Yeah, I mean that's how you know that Omar, you know, he's very theatrical. That's the reason he does this. This is uh yeah. This is to scratch the uh, the itch that he has to be in the theater in. for the yeah. love of
3: the game.
1: Yeah. yeah, dude, and so much of that game is just the flash. He loves the flash. He's not only gonna steal the drugs, but he's gonna he's gonna pay for his box of menthols. Cause uh, also
2: I also like the, he's got uh, a code.
1: Like, a man's gotta have a code.
2: Yeah, and the, the decline in like the street savviness of his boyfriends like every new boyfriend is just a little less street savvy than the last one i know i think it's eventually he realizes he's never going to get
1: like an equal so he might as well get the hottest guy he can yeah (laughs) although i do feel like uh the last boyfriend was really hot but his last boyfriend did give him up you know even though he was tortured by mazone um okay ones that snitch it's the hot ones that snitch dude i learned that Uh, in middle
3: school (laughs) it's one of the many things
1: uh all right um and yeah just in in terms of what's going on with mcnulty they just cement the fact that mcnulty uh he's a family man now he doesn't even uh he's a lake trout he's a human lake trout he's a human lake trout he's you know he's saying that some lake trouts are trouts from lakes (laughs) and uh and we have to uh just kind of go with it until uh he has Two literal redheaded stepchildren now.
3: Uh, <laughs> that's right.
1: I never thought about it. You're right. They were they were both literally redheaded. Yeah, and also their um their their what do you call it binders are just from the uh, federal <laughs> anti-terrorism like task force or whatever. He's like he took it took it from uh, from work to give to them, which is you know yeah that's, relatable. What good, good Everybody's going to take some, really.
3: Yeah, you got to take some, some binders. Supplies. That's right. Um,
1: yeah, I think it's time for favorite, least favorite or something we didn't
2: cover. Vince? Uh, yeah, I, I really like, so we didn't cover Bodie's storyline where oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Marlo is trying to take over Bodie's corner and Slim Charles, who is always proving himself to be like one of the wisest, uh, people in the drug game. Cause he's mm. the only one that's figured out that Marlo is putting all the bodies, uh, in the yeah, vacants. But, that's um, right so he's trying to give Bodhi some advice on, uh, you know, you you're not going to go, you're not going to bump with Marlo. That would be stupid. Um, but uh, like, uh, just a little nugget in there, which I actually didn't notice till the the second time I watched this is Bodhi says like, man, you know how much I did to bring this strip to life? Like he is doing like his own, uh, urban renewal, uh, project (laughs) through selling (laughs) drugs better. I love that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I didn't notice that, but you're right. That's, that is true. And it, it is, uh, something that you see it's the reason marlo wants to take it is because of the fact that like this raggedy ass off-brand corner as they called it earlier in the season uh is now teeming with fiends and it's because he's getting the good shit
2: from uh from prop joe's package and uh but now marlo wants to gobble that up and it's the story of capitalism you know you build something good Uh, you know, you think you're going to be rewarded for it, but really what happens is someone uh, with more muscle just comes in and takes it from you in order to put out a shittier project. Yeah, I was going to say, like
3: it's, it's, yeah, it's like the story of like black capitalism in America until very recently and like even still it's like, okay, we're going to take the hood back meanwhile the politicians um, in the other part, that's another part we didn't talk about, but yeah the politicians are like, yeah, okay, so we're going to do this redevelopment here, we're going to do that this is like Mm -hmm. completely overboard. It was really only Stringer Bell who was like trying to reach all of those like patheons but you know right
1: yeah but he uh was he too smart for his own good in that he he thought he was smarter than he was unfortunately um yeah uh in terms of like one of my oh i'm sorry dan do you have a favorite or least favorite scene or a scene we didn't talk about that you want
3: to talk about uh come back to me because i no, thought it, okay. but it just came out of me
1: okay um so uh just one thing that yeah we didn't touch much on what's going on with the mayor's race at city hall
3: yeah there there was that the mayor's race i think you were talking earlier about how we all understand that carcetti is like a ball, especially yeah. as a politician and this is that moment where his campaign manager had called all these people out to do a press conference outside of that funeral and yes. he's like, no, this is what will look good if I yeah, come out and I ignore them. That's yes. actually how it works. It's like, so you had yeah. them come out and get dressed all in shit for nothing. Like that's, yes, it's, that's a little bit baller, but it's also sleazy.
1: Yeah, it is. It's funny because the first time I saw this and I've said this before, but the first time I, I I watched this season of The Wire um, and last season of The Wire in terms of carchetti is I was like, he's good oh man, what if a good guy won? And like, I was rooting <laughs> for Karketty. Yeah. The first time I saw it, I was like, he is good. And, you know, n- unsurprisingly, this was also around the time that I was just like, yes, we can. And, uh, you know, it was very, you know, uh, Obama said all the right things too. And, and it is funny watching this with new eyes where you kind of are just like, I didn't even notice the fact that he says to his campaign manager straight up, like it won't look good if I go over there and give a speech. Which he's implying it will look good if I say I'm not giving a speech. Like that yeah. is that is great and so slimy that I, I, I yeah I didn't even know. Like it.
3: ten seconds after like trying to collect himself and get on his feet again because he was about to go into another proselytizing political speech yes. to the mother of the mother the of the, witness witness the bereaved the yes yeah, yeah. just
1: like it's so you know uh, you know just because he was coro- co- cooperating she's like huh? he, he reeks
3: of class the same way bunk reeks of like cheap beer
1: yes yes completely um but in terms of what's going on with Royce, that's where I'm more interested. And the one thing we haven't talked about is uh Herc meeting with the mayor uh after catching him get getting his dick sucked. Um, the mayor
2: really does an amazing acting job this episode. Like I feel like this episode yeah. cements uh how how well uh how good of an actor he is. I completely
1: agree. And I I have the clip of him uh you know walking into the mayor's office nervous, you know, about opening the door. Um, and uh, here's that clip.
3: Come in. Well, we know what happened last time.
0: Were you coming Mm -hmm. in or what?
3: (laughs) Coming in, okay? (laughs) Janet.
4: I did it again. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> just going to uh-huh. keep
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I just, I, you know, I make the clips. And I really want people to watch the clips. And then, uh, all right, here's the actual scene we wanted to watch.
0: 32? Yeah, I thought you were going to say something like 60. What's you know, 95. <laughs> <laughs> getting 95. Let me call my man, for real. I don't even know what to say, Mr. Mayor. This, Giuliani. This is unexpected. Don't mention it.
4: <laughs> His
1: face is doing so much in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> don't mention it, and just gives him the fucking the death. Yeah, yes. yeah. Do you understand the double meaning, you fucking moron? <laughs> yeah. Mr. I mean, Herc goes to Washington.
2: Should, mm-hmm. He probably should be a little more direct when he's talking to Herc. I don't think he picks up on subtle cues like that. Nah. I mean, you know, 37th. Um, Yeah. And if
1: I had to grade this episode, and I do, it's the law, I would say,
2: I think it was a B plus. Vince, what, what would you give this episode? Oh, yeah. Tough choice. Uh, you know, I think it's the first, Uh, like, well, the first episode of the season was pretty great, too. But this one uh one of the solid episodes most solid episodes in the most solid wire season um and therefore uh, i'm gonna have to say solid
3: b plus okay wow what a surprise dan what would you give this episode yeah i I gotta be different on audio face we rank music and albums and we choose a different ranking scale every single week which is you know it's fun it's how we do it uh check out the audio face podcast but uh this i'm gonna see my middle school didn't have grades we had percentages and Mm. so i would give this an 88 Mm. percent okay okay so
1: it's a b plus plus a b plus plus an 88 percent which i guess
3: rounds to a b plus
1: i guess but also eights look like Bs. so i'm gonna give it a solid b plus episode of the wire and a solid a plus episode of pod yourself the wire dan from the internet Thank you so much for coming on. Can't change your grade now. Uh, (laughs) uh, Where
3: can people find you on the internet? Uh, My pleasure. Uh, You can find me on, uh, go to danfromtheinternet.net. Actually, I made that all mad simpler. So you can find me on Power Report when I'm streaming. Mm. Currently Thursdays, sometimes Tuesdays. Also for debates on Wednesdays. And then Audio Face is usually on Sundays, streaming live on my YouTube and Twitch. And clips and podcasts of those go throughout the internet, where I'm from, where I live. Thank you okay. for joining me in my living room. Get yes. out, me swamp. Yes. <laughs> Thank
1: you so much for coming on. It's always a pleasure to have you. And yes, check him out on all of the podcasts Dan from the and inter. streams. Net. Dan from the internet.net. Dan, always a pleasure. Cheers. Wires. Patreon.com slash Rockcast for all of the bonus episodes. The $8 tier gets you a street name and a shout-out. Vince, we have four shout-outs this week. All right. Yeah, are you ready? Got your name given?
4: hat.
2: What? Do you have your name given hat? Oh, I have my name given hat. Yes, okay, I do. I'm wearing, wearing it. Oh, I'm wearing, wearing it right now. Hat. I'm surprised well, I you can't see hat.
1: it. I see your hat. It's a nice hat. Yeah, First is
2: Matt Arkel. Arkell. We call this guy the Archangel. Ooh, very good. Yeah, yeah. That's a good nickname. Right? I like it. I mean, uh, it might be too cool for a nickname, but that's it's sort of like cool. the nickname that you'd give yourself, but whatever. Great. Right. Okay. I like it. It's like getting a tattoo of your own face on your arm. Uh, Travis Kiergan. Kirgan call more like the Kurgan. Call this guy Highlander. Love it. These yeah. are, once again,
1: Archangel Highlander. These are badass. That's right. Yeah. Uh, next is Sean
2: Smith. That's a BYU ass, ass name. We're gonna call this guy BYU. Okay. Very or good. Or Super Soaker. Either way. <laughs> <laughs> they like to
1: soak it. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I like it. So I think games. that's good. Super Soaker is where you want to mm-hmm. go. Uh, and finally, Troy Rafi. Troy Rafi.
2: More like. Troy Raffi. Opals and bononos. Yeah. Here we go. What are we gonna do, baby Beluga? Where are we going with this? <laughs> Yeah, I like baby beluga. I was gonna try and do, I was gonna try and do something Barney related, but I really don't know that much about Barney. Plus, he just has a regular name. I like baby beluga, baby, baby beluga. beluga, or B squared. Yeah. yeah, I love it. B squared, baby beluga, very good. Those are your shout out slash. I'm giving everybody two nicknames for the price of one. Just I know that out there. You gotta, yes. we, you guys gotta get on that eight dollar tier. Cause, gotta boy, get on cause the eight dollar tier. Gold, you, I- you know.
1: Yeah, and I know a lot of you have, and, you know, you got your nickname, and then you say, so you're okay, I'm, you know, going back to five. Well, you know what? If you go back to eight, you get another nickname. <laughs> yeah. So do it again. Oh, we should have thought this through. How are we going to get them to go back? Oh, no. We'll figure it out. Um, but, yes, uh, patreon.com slash broadcast. Uh, get all your bonus episodes. And, of course, you're listening to this a week early. So, uh, you know, lord that over your, you know, broke-ass
2: friends who have to wait a week to listen to this podcast. That's right. Yeah, tell them, to, no, just don't lord it over them. Uh, use Well, you lord it over them and then get someone else. Uh, to be the good cop and tell them like how much good stuff they're going to get. Exactly. Joining the Patreon. We need those patrons. We need them. Now more than ever.
0: Help.
1: Broadcast (laughs) at gmail.com for all your questions, comments, and
2: concerns. Vince, what is the Google Voice number? 415-275-0030.
1: All right, everyone. Thanks again so much for listening. And until next time, if you come at the king, you best not miss.
4: Bitch, suck it.
2: hire me i love uh, defense contracting i love yeah. to uh, you know i love need... to defend contracting That's thank
3: right. you raytheon for those kind messages yes <laughs> yeah. raytheon, you if, by you, Boeing.
2: if you need a if you need a copywriter i'm right here yes